Hi, creative minds, and welcome to the Savvy Creative Podcast. Today, it's just me because I'm introducing something new I'm calling story time. Now, as you guys know, I'm a writer and I'm constantly writing everything from working on my novel to working on scripts. And I do write some stories about what's going on in my life here and there and what I'm uh, see and meet from other people's their stories and I am also a huge fan of podcasts like lore and serial because I do love scary stories Uh, don't judge me I just have like a sick fascination for them (laughs) because they're so interesting so I decided that I would share a few of my short stories I already do this for my subscribers where they get a series every other month And I thought, well, why don't I share one of them on the podcast and you guys can decide if you want to hear more or not. So today I am going to share with you a story from my travels in Latin America and sit back and enjoy. Papayarta. Los Angeles has a strange way of making the spiritual side of you either close down or become enlightened. I never heard of Mercury retrograde until I lived here. I never tried meditation or have gone to such relaxation places like meditation studios or float therapy until I lived here. And if my original plan worked, Papayarta would still have been another tourist attraction and possibly a romantic getaway. There are so few chances to feel water so pure and fresh that it makes you feel like you're floating in the middle of a crystal, your body being charged and powered up. The waterfalls and hot springs didn't make you worry about the floating trash around you the same way the ocean back in California did. I could dive underwater without stinging my eyes, and I love watching the world from behind a crystal curtain of a waterfall, shielding me from what I was escaping back home. A failing business. A frenemy who kept becoming a bigger bully to my team that I loved so much. A team that I said goodbye to that morning with tears. And even though we said goodbye on good terms and they loved each other, they promised to stick together. It was hard to tell them what was going on behind the curtain. And I never did tell them. I missed my kids. I'd been away from them for more than a week. And I loved having these waterfall and scenic moments for myself so I could ponder with my own thoughts and even hide. I didn't want to have to worry about one of the kids falling down, getting bug bites, or wanting to turn back. Getting lost on some trek just to look at the waterfall or a tree of life like I did in Costa Rica somehow made me thought that, think that I would come back a better mother, writer, and leader. But I left lush Costa Rica its beaches and palm trees for the mountains of Ecuador. I've never ventured anywhere in the mountains, not even Denver or even San Bernardino. So traveling to the highest point in the Andes Mountains, this time far away from the safety lines of tourist guides and packages, to find the hidden healing waters of Papayarta. Healing to me meant finding a fountain of ideas, fountain of strength, fountain of recharging, but anything that would help me clear my mind No cab driver would take me there, and no tourist shuttles went there from the airport. Quitumbre, the Grand Central or Union Station of Ecuador, would take me there for $1.50. It would be 90 minutes each way on a charter-like bus, with families and American movies dubbed in Spanish. I admire the hustle here in Ecuador. In central Quito, people walk into the streets, 
selling ice cream, peanuts, chips, and bottled water. I met Venezuelan refugees that stood on the corner of my hostel with little servings of fried chicken and french fries with a dollop of hot sauce on top. For a dollar each. Here I am selling online products, thinking how can I get emails, clicks, and conversions? But I watch people connect with others, happy to exchange food and smiles, thinking that with so little education or money, their little fried chicken business gave them more freedom than my corporate job ever did. The 90-minute ride was coming up on three hours. Vendors kept boarding to sell their snacks for 50 cents. The bus ride was making me sicker as the elevation became higher. I didn't want the peanuts or popcorn or plantains, and I couldn't stand to see all the fried foods. After two bad sequels of SWAT in Spanish, I didn't even know there were sequels for that movie, I couldn't see the Green Mountains anymore. The sun had gone down, and the only visible thing were the headlights of passing traffic. I missed the sunset, that Instagram-worthy picture I needed for the blog. I might not make it to Papayarta in time for closing, and I could possibly be locked out of my hostel. Aquí es Papayarta, the assistant on the bus said. I could finally get off this bus, but the bus doesn't fully stop. It slows down and you have to jump off while it's still moving. The past stops, I watched mothers do this with their young kids, even while they're carrying strollers and diaper bags. I was wearing flip-flop sandals, and if I stepped off wrong, I could fall and roll to the side of the curb. I hopped off into a dark intersection in the middle of nowhere. Termas de Papayarta, 2.8 kilometers. The sign in the middle of the crossroads pointed up the incline. Of course, it had to be uphill, in the dark. No streetlights. And I had to be the California girl with her flip-flops. Not even a taxi around to help me up the road. And no service on my cell phone to call one. There was a light on the convenience store on the corner, so I walked in. It seemed to be the only sign of life around. No one speaks English, so in my broken Spanish, I ask how to get to Papayarta. The man steps out from behind the counter and tells me to go to his truck. He points to a logo painted on the door. He's the local taxi driver who also happens to run the Quickie Mart. The resort was beautiful, a high-end, secluded escape from the world. I still had time to swim in the protected waters for one more hour. Spa sandals, a robe, a private locker, and a shower were worth every penny. Twenty-three U.S. dollars for all of it. I can't even get nails done for that back in L.A., but I wasn't here for a spa treatment. I really want to see what medicinal waters can do. I have a skin condition that breaks out, and I'm close to reaching 40. I've tried every single homemade mask and store mask and facial there is, and I want to see what else can naturally give me some glowing skin. On this trip, all I brought was my bikini, and I wasn't going to have any excuses about wearing it. I wasn't going to cover myself up. I was just going to enjoy it. And I started changing so I could be in the springs, moving as fast as I could. I didn't care who saw me. I wanted to be surrounded by the lush gardens that covered the hot springs and let the warm water renew each inch of my skin. The fog is thick in the mountains, but you can still see the stars and the moon. I live by the ocean in California, so I don't see the stars much the way I remember them during the summer nights in the flat prairies of Texas. But there is something so majestic about mountains. It's like the majesty and beauty of the ocean. 
you realize these elements of nature are so powerful and beautiful, and they will make you feel so small. Your problems, your worries, also little when you're close to the heavens. If you're not careful, they'll mess with your mind. If you try to fight the undertow of waves or veer off the hiking trails, if you just watch the patterns and let those patterns guide you, it just might save your life. As my body started to sink and soak in the hot springs, I watched my bikini balloon up as the water started to lift me. I stopped fighting the resistance of the water, letting my hair release and surround me. I let the ripple through the hot springs carry me around the pool. I felt this lightweighted feeling in my body, especially in my tummy. It felt almost as if someone had a string from my belly button and pulled my stomach upwards. I could have always just sat up or stood up in the pool, not letting the floating feeling of weightlessness take over me. But after today, I had to let everything go. My thoughts always took over me. My mind told me how I was an inadequate leader and how I wouldn't be good enough to continue the path that I was on. It told me that I was an inadequate writer and an inadequate businesswoman. And what was I doing trying to pursue all the things that I dreamed of? I should have been happy to have made it to Papayarta and just be in this moment, but tears started to come out. I really was happy to have made it to the spa after three hours on a bus. And I was taking in the most incredible beauty of the mountains I had ever seen in my life. I was soaking in the moonlight of the full moon and the stars above me. I tried to make my mind focus on gratitude like I do every time when I get frustrated. But my mind didn't want to go there. I started to see my kids and I missed them. I started to miss the soft kisses from the man I was seeing the day before. I missed the connection I felt from my students, the ones that I said goodbye to that afternoon. And I missed the people I met in London, and I didn't know if I would ever see them again. Pictures of them flashed so clearly in my mind, as if I were watching them in a movie. One of those movies that's just too painful to watch, because you see how you let certain people down, how sad they've become without you. All I could do was try to concentrate on making them disappear. I started to think about all the things I wanted to change, but I didn't want these things to turn into goals that I'd write down on some whiteboard only to erase them with the next big idea. The pictures kept entering my mind. I saw my kids on these adventures with me, climbing up to the waterfall, hiking up the mountain. I saw myself hugging someone I worked closely with and cared for very much, and I couldn't tell if we were happier saying goodbye because of the tears that flooded his blue eyes. And then I saw a group of women around me. We were celebrating and their smiles and energy felt like a standing ovation. I was wearing a suit with long straightened hair, something I never do and don't believe in. I'd never seen visions before. I don't do drugs of any kind, although ayahuasca is a huge tourist attraction there. But I could see and feel all these things as if they were true. Then something brushed against my feet, furry, because little thin hairs felt like a dog's grooming brush on my skin. I lifted my head out of the water because I thought, what lake creature could be furry? None. It's just an older guy in a Speedo. 
The movie that played in my mind was gone. No way to write it out or remember it. So I just submerged my head under, holding my breath as long as I could, opening my eyes underwater. I held my breath long enough until I started to feel dizzy to come up for air. If I could stay under in that crystal in paradise and just watch other people's movies, I would. Mine was just too painful to watch. I didn't want to know how it would end because right now all I felt was defeat. Never did a spa robe feel so tough and scratchy. And it's not that it wasn't good quality. I just really didn't want anything on my skin. I was the last one to leave the hot springs. Moonlight illuminated the waters just the way it does over the ocean. The sound of the forest started to come alive, but now it was time to wash it all away and figure out how I would get back to my hostel in time before they locked the doors at 11. One of the staff members handed me a rose. Stay for a drink, have dinner, he said, pointing to me into the direction of the restaurant. Couples sat there together at these elegant tables with white tablecloths, wine glasses, around a crackling fireplace in the middle of summer. All I had to eat that day were leftover plantain chips I bought for 50 cents from Kitumbre. A fine meal with wine and sleeping in a hotel bed was tempting, but I really needed to get back to my hostel. I was so relaxed that I did not want to get on that bus again, so I decided to just eat the cost and get a taxi. The driver was willing to drive the full 90 minutes each way for me late at night, but as we drove back, he stopped at an apartment building. He asked me to wait, that he would return in five minutes. I'm in the middle of the mountains. There's no cell phone service. It's completely dark and there's no street lights. If I were to get out of the car and run, where would I go? Around his apartment building were pets, dogs, cats, even chickens, roaming wild the way they do back on Texas ranches. And there were toys out. Children live here too. But if I needed to scream, who was going to come out and help me? I got out of the truck and stayed close. I was pretending to stretch my legs while I kept looking around for a place to run or if any human soul was outside. The cab driver came back with a young man in a backpack. He introduced him as his son and that he would come with us. A 90-minute drive each way, that's pretty far, and I can understand wanting to take someone so the driver wouldn't fall asleep at the wheel. We get into the truck and then the back seat opens. An older woman gets in the car and gives me the warmest, brightest smile. She has long hair and pigtail braids, a ruffled skirt, and a knitted shawl. She greeted me and introduced herself as the taxi driver's wife. The 90-minute drive flew by just like being on a road trip. The mother explained that her son went to the university in Quito and came home for a visit during the weekend. He would have needed to take the same bus back three hours, leaving at 3 a.m. just so he could make it to class the next morning. But since I needed the ride back, they saw it as an opportunity to drive him there and make some money. He and his father sat in the front seats, talking, a 90-minute quality father-son time while I talked to the mother. Even in a different country, the craziness of motherhood is still the same. Boy moms know that their socks are the worst, especially when they play sports. The first meal our kids learn to cook is pasta, and they love video games. We also love the big dreams that they have, that they're ready to go off and chase when they're 18. The aspiration in them is so alive. 
And she was a very brave mother because she had spent her, sent her oldest daughter to America, wishing her well in her pursuit of becoming an actress. Her questions to me about what life was like in the U.S. was her way of finding out if her daughter was living well, if she was safe. Because as moms, we know that when our kids are away, they tell us that everything is fine, even when we know it's not. I was lucky enough to live in L.A., where my kids' journey for pursuing their dreams is just a 40-minute drive on the 101. They come home at night, and I see the moments where they're meeting the struggle. Defeat, rejection, criticism. But this mom lived worlds away, and I wondered what her words of hope and belief were. Every mom has a different way of telling their kids how to find strength and courage when they're scared and on their own. I wondered what hers was. As they dropped me off, I tipped them as best as I could, nearly emptying my wallet of U.S. dollars. And then they waited until I safely walked through the hostel doors to make sure I was okay. I missed the warmth of family. My family consists of a circle of unconditional friends that come over when the house is messy or when I'm in my pajamas. I had been running from fake friends who were set out to ruin my name. And in the battle, I set aside my true friends. I knew what I had to do when I got home, what I had been neglecting, and how I wanted to be an unconditional friend, the type that people would like to have. And while I got my glowing skin for the day, that deep healing work was what I needed so I could stop hiding like some hermit in the mountains and come back down to face the bigger battle waiting for me at home. Thank you for listening today, Creative Minds. I hope you enjoyed that story. And if you want to know more, definitely subscribe to the blog because I do release audio stories specific for subscribers. And if you like it or if you didn't like it, be brutally honest with me. That's okay. I can handle it. Leave a review in uh, on iTunes and let me know. Uh, or leave a comment for me on Instagram or DM me on Instagram at Savvy Creative Christina. Now, I do have a few surprises coming up for you guys for the holiday season. I've been really wanting to get out some journals, but not just blank page journals, journals about capturing ideas and getting things done. So that will be coming up soon by the end of the year. Please stay tuned for that. The Savvy Shop will be opening up on the website. So if you are interested, uh, definitely subscribe and check it out. It's a great way that you can help support the podcast, and it will be launching soon in late November, early December. Until then, creative minds, keep creating, and I will see you in the next adventure.